0: Hello, and welcome to Retention Chronicles, a podcast sponsored by Malomo, a shipment tracking platform that helps e-commerce brands turn order tracking into a profitable marketing channel. On this podcast, we welcome leading DTC brands and experts to chat about all things customer retention and e-commerce. We absolutely love highlighting all of the amazing things that our customers are doing in the post-purchase space. If you like what you hear, be sure to check out our website, gomalomo.com. Maybe you'll even be featured on this podcast someday. In the near future, who's to say? To help us continue to bring new guests and information to you, please be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you like to listen. On this episode of Retention Chronicles, we're joined by Chase Alderin, Partner Marketing Manager at ReCharge, the leading subscription platform. Chase shares brilliant takeaways with us, and one of those takeaways is that retention starts at the beginning, not at the end. So if you want to know what all of that means, be sure to listen during this episode. You'll hear about us discussing program subscriptions and best practices. You know, if you're starting your subscription, where where do you look to first? as well as enhancing current subscription programs that are already out there with segmentation and personalization, as well as driving the most value out of your subscription model and so much more. Hello everyone and welcome to Retention Chronicles. Today we are joined by Chase and Noah. Thank you both for being here. Chase is from ReCharge. And if you are a listener of Retention Chronicles, you'll know Noah is also Noah is a member of our Malomo team. So thank you both for being here. Chase, let's have you kick it off with your intro. Tell us who you are.
1: All right, my name is Chase Alderson. Thank you for having me here, I'm really excited. Um, and I am a partner marketing manager at Recharge. So Recharge is the leading subscription billing platform for Shopify merchants. Uh, we eat, sleep and breathe subscriptions. That's all we do. And I'm pumped to talk about more today. Uh, my, my personal role in partner marketing is uh, working really closely with our agency and our tech partners. So excited, obviously, to talk through the, the Recharge Millimo integration, um, but just kind of telling stories, um, talking about highlighting merchants and, and where merchants are successful using both of our tech um, it's an exciting field and it's an exciting opportunity to, to talk through all those uh, awesome merchants.
0: Yeah, we're so excited to have you here and subscriptions, it comes up time and time again. So having you and ReCharge on the call, we can't wait to hear what you have to say. Uh, but before we get into that, Noah, do you want to give a quick intro in case we have any new listeners here today?
2: Sure. Yeah, I'll keep it super brief. Thanks, Mariah. I think a lot of our listeners uh, have heard me give the, the deeper intro before. So if- if not, uh, feel free to go back to, to past episodes that I've joined. But uh, yeah, as Mariah said, I'm Noah Rahim today and I lead our partnerships function here at Malomo. So we really close with our technology and agency partners to provide cohesive experiences for our clients. Uh, and I actually, I'm super excited to be back here with Chase. I think the first time we ever met, I joined him for a quick episode of his podcast that they recharge called Hit Subscribe. Which I also highly recommend. But we were at the the ChargeX conference in Santa Monica, hosted by uh, hosted by Recharge, and Chase was kind enough to offer me 15 minutes to to hop on the podcast. So highly recommend going back and, and checking out that episode as well as the rest of the the hit subscribe stuff because it's really uh, really compelling. And excited to sort of return the favor and have him on hours uh, this time around.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be a ton of fun. And so to kick it off. Um, obviously retention chronicles it's in the title but we kind of like to gauge what uh retention means to each of our guests so chase can you tell us what retention looks like to you you know um kind of define it a little bit in your eyes what you see it uh being like
1: absolutely it's uh it's an awesome question because i could literally talk about this for an hour so i'll try to keep this uh, a little shorter than that um, but subscriptions are an entirely different animal. So most most e-commerce businesses, you're looking at selling one time, you try to get them to come back. Um, and there's a kind of a little bit of a retention function in there to keep that person around the brand for as long as you can. Subscriptions naturally lend themselves to retention. So there's a there's a bit more of a built-in function that already exists there. That's not to say that it works easily and it's simple. Um, I am on kind of a personal mission over the last year or so to, to really of change the the identity around retention thinking that retention starts truly at the beginning it's not at the end if you are building a flow for your customers retention should be something that you start about before you even acquire customers so there's obviously there's a lot of ways that you can acquire customers there's a lot of pathways a customer can take to becoming a customer it's not just a one-stop shop hit a landing page purchase you're over so thinking through what is this customer going to do when they see my ad that's part of retention because if it's a terrible ad or if it's just a one-stop one shop thing, that's not a good look for retention long-term. Everything we do with subscriptions is, is about lifetime value. So it's a function of average order value and duration that you stay subscribed to the actual product. So, so thinking through how do I keep this person around as long as possible, really does need to start at the beginning. So from ads to landing pages, to checkout experience, to uh, emails, to upcoming notification, upcoming order notifications, to a customer portal, to even all the way through when a customer clicks a button that says, I wanna cancel, there are options and there are ways that you can actually retain them after that, um, even including things that you can't really control like credit cards. So uh, credit card failures and, and credit card uh, purchases. So. There's a lot of different ways that retention kind of plays into subscriptions, and obviously Molimo knows a lot of that stuff. Um, but it's it's I, the 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 thing that I try to really talk about recently is flipping the script. Retention doesn't start at the end; it starts at the beginning.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's a great uh, kind of script to follow, and um, I I hope now that that's starting to be more recent. But at least hearing you say it, it is. little bit, it goes, it's a little bit counterintuitive, right? Because you think there's retentions at at the back end of things. And so following that line, if retention is starting at the beginning, how exactly, you know, if, if a brand isn't doing that, isn't looking at retention in the beginning, say a customer has a bad experience, whether it's a credit card failure, any of the few that you mentioned, how can a brand then remedy that so that they have better retention, even if they started you know, their strategy, um, not necessarily focusing on retention in the beginning?
1: I, I think it's a more complicated answer than, than just a one line thing, because I think retention has a strategy for each piece of the customer experience. Um, and that's kind of a, a big thesis that I have, is that a customer experience should feel really, really entwined, it should feel really organic but a a retention strategy at the front before anybody ever buys anything is gonna be significantly different than a customer who's already purchased three times. And it's gonna be significantly different than a customer who is looking to cancel after their seventh order because they just have too much product or whatever it is. So so I would analyze each of those individually, um, starting from, let's let's use like an onboarding quiz as an example. So there's, you know, four or five questions, whatever it is, what do you like? How can we help you? What kind of brand, whatever it is. I went through um, one for organic wine the other day. You know, what kind of wine do you like? It is it or is it red or white? Is it a blend? What kind of flavors do you like? All those kinds of things. That's an awesome way to get you going retention-wise, because then they have all that information. And so when you start to cancel, then they can say, Okay, well are you not looking for your specific things that you recommended? Do you want, you know, we're coming into winter? Do you want a little bit more of a darker red, more bold wine, or maybe you're coming into summer? Do you want, you know, I know you said you like a lot of red wine. Do you want to maybe switch that to white wine instead of canceling? So each piece of this is really truly different, um, and I think that there's an opportunity to really dig deep into every single piece and figure out what's the best way or what's the the way that we can, you know, touch the most people and figure out how they'll actually stay longer.
0: Yeah. No, I love that distinction there.
2: I, uh, I'm really interested to, to hear more about the idea of like, retention starting up front. I feel like uh, to Mariah's point, you know brands might be starting to do that, but I would imagine chase in your experience like that's a relatively new concept. Um, I think historically you know brands um, have been hyper focused on acquisition and then they reach a point in the acqu- where acquisition starts to slow and they start to figure out like, oh wow, we really need to figure out how to monetize our current, our existing customer base and, and grow sort of through that channel. Um, so I, loved it. I love the idea of like thinking about retention from the very beginning of the customer life cycle. And I know you mentioned quizzes are a great uh, sort of example of that. Are there any other examples that you have top of mind that sort of help facilitate uh, retention from, from early on?
1: I don't know if it's necessarily measurable but i'm a huge fan of education so i think that that having a why having a mission on your page having a like here's why we do what we do here's you know x company x here's you know not only what we sell but why we sell it why we think it's a huge issue um i think that's really really big coffee brands usually do this really well so there's there's usually some sort of like you know we couldn't find the exact coffee we wanted you know we're here for fair trade we're here to make sure that you know everybody gets the cut of all that i think the why up front is really important but I think also providing education. Um, so keep sticking with the coffee brand. Something along the lines of like, you know, our coffee is from X Y Z region, wherever it is. Here's why that's super important. Coming from the region, you know, the it's you know we're recording this episode in July. So here's you know the tasting notes you'll you'll taste based on the July temperature and the weather and the climate of that region. Um, here's why we think this is super cool. You know, it was packaged by this guy or this family or whatever it is. We've been partnered with this family forever. All of that kind of stuff really digs you into the brain and it really sinks teeth into like that makes a lot of sense that's really cool that's why i want to stay the other side of the coin is always like if you just want coffee go to amazon or go to starbucks right around the, cor- right in the corner but if you want the experience if you want to feel connected to a brand you want to feel connected to what you're actually purchasing education is a huge way to do that and it's not a salesy education thing it's more of like cool you're interested let me give you some more information here's why our coffee's awesome
2: yeah that's that's super cool. I think, you know, in our roles and partnerships, uh, there are a lot of similarities in that not everything always ties back to like direct revenue. Right. right. But you know, that by, um, you know, helping out a partner or providing educational content that makes your partners better, that's probably going to come around and benefit your business. I think that this is a very similar concept, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can't always measure things that, that drive value for your brand and your business. That doesn't mean that they're not things that you you should be doing right and i think a lot of times we we get caught up uh as as you know startup business pros and figuring out how to always tie things back to revenue the reality of the situation is you can't always do that right and there are things that you just have to do that um, that add a bunch of value to your customers and anytime you're doing that i think it's a it's a net for your brand or your you know or your SaaS company frankly.
1: Spot on. Yeah. Education, content, all that marketing stuff is is tough to track to a certain extent, but I think it's super valuable as you get further and further into the pipeline, into your sales process, into your retention strategy, all those kind of things. If you don't have that content built, you're essentially just shouting at people saying, hey, wait, wait, you should stay here because, because of this thing. You got to have that stuff built beforehand.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's a great point to distinguish too of yes, there's that like community building, that education that doesn't necessarily have metrics that you can tie to it unless, you know, you're told that, oh, I love this story. And that's why I really am loyal to your brand. And right. um, and I think that ties really nicely into subscription and making sure that you are communicating with your customer of like why a subscription is beneficial to them. And so it might not be, you know, whether it's the, story that you're telling or being super communicative around oh these are the benefits that you're getting as a subscription customer whatever that looks like i think that's super important and that chase goes back to what you're saying about it's all about the experience right like you can go to you can get coffee or another product most products pretty easily right from um, just other convenience stores or wherever but I think that shift in getting things that you really value and brands that are doing really important stuff or, or make you feel special. It's not, it's not just an everyday occurrence. It's kind of like a little bit of a, of a treat or, you know, that, um, you know, this is, this is a product that you're getting or a service that you're getting that you know about, and it isn't just like a random purchase. Right. And so I think that segues nicely into talking about subscription and retention. And so, Chase, my question for you is, um, what do you think that, what do you think is important when a brand is starting to build out their subscription, uh, program? What do you think that they should be most focused on? I know we had Jenna. Um, she is great. She came on one of our pot or one of our webinars, um, with a couple other great partners. And she had said that, um, you know, for a couple of different things, like one of the most Important things is maintaining their subscription program, and so and doing it right and communicating with them. So, what would you say in addition to everything that we talked about and how subscription lends itself to retention? Um, what do you think is the most important there for building out, starting out that um, that subscription process?
1: So, I definitely say education. We are kind of already talked about that, though. So, just kind of making a note to double down on education. I think without. Take a step back. There's, there are. You're very rarely going to find a company selling a product that is truly unique. There are competitors everywhere. Everyone's going to be selling very similar things. Even if you are that coffee brand, you think everything's super unique and special. There's a lot of people doing fairly similar things. Yeah. So the education around why you're different is a is a huge, a huge point to to drill in there. Secondly, I think having a very clear value prop and understanding why what you do is important is is necessary. Um, One of my, one of the favorite kind of verticals or or products that are sold on recharge um, is something really simple and easy, like laundry detergent pods or like dishwasher detergent pods. Mm -hmm. I use those things every single day. And I'm sure most people do as well. Maybe not laundry, maybe is every three days or so. But (laughs) having that clear value prop of like, look, we know you need this stuff. And we know that the world is shifting towards a more environmental approach. Why would you continue to get in your car, drive to a store, purchase these things in store from a giant, large, massive brand. that doesn't care about you. Here's what we do in our, our brand. You know, we produce, you know, XYZ it's sustainable, it's organic or whatever it is, whatever the actual value prop is. And here's why it's convenient. I think that's the piece that people miss is that price is usually a good indicator of why you should buy something. Obviously most people will look for, for cheapest price. I'm guilty of filtering all the options by filter low to high. So I can see what's cheap, but I think, convenience is a piece that people miss. So yes, you can discount it, but you're probably going to find something cheaper on Amazon. So it's not always price that will do it. So I think finding why it's convenient, finding why it makes sense and very, very clearly communicating that is absolutely paramount here. Why should I buy your product versus someone else? Why should I buy laundry detergent pods from you? Why should I buy uh, uh, dishwasher detergent pods from you. Well, it's this, it's that it's, you know, this thing we'll ship it to you on your timeline. It doesn't need, you don't need to buy 60 of them at a time. We can package something up that makes sense for you based on how, how much you use them. That is what really ends up being convenient. What keeps people coming back because everybody needs them. So instead of going to the store every month, just wait for your shipment to come and make sure it's convenient.
2: Sort of following up from that. Um, curious from your perspective i think we've talked about this a little bit in the past chase um you know after that education is sort of taking place and especially for the products that lend themselves really well to subscription right like you said you know that you're going to use these things you know you're going to run out of them and you know you're going to have to re up on them um especially in cases like that right do you recommend or what what do you see in terms of best practices in terms of like when you offer the subscription versus letting them try the product get comfortable with it get educated on it and then sort of move them into uh the subscription like when does it typically make sense for brands who lend themselves well to a subscription program uh you know move customers to that uh, and I'm sure it's a. I'm sure the answer is it depends. But I'd love any any sort of insight you may have around that.
1: The best and the worst questions always end up with the answers. <laughs> I can give you <laughs> a, a macro perspective of how I think it might work. But uh, again, it depends on, on on what your product is. But um, now you're kind of hinting at segmentation. So I think that that customers will do what they want, and there's a lot of different segments that people actually hit when they come into your products. So. Don't try to force them all into one singular bucket and segment based on where they are. That's the the term that always confused me when it started was like, meet your customers where they are. It's like, what does that mean? I'm online. They're sitting at their desk. I don't know what that means. But meeting them where they are means if they're not ready to commit to a subscription, if they're not ready to buy 38 laundry detergent packs from you right now, sell them the 12 pack. See what happens. It's not why try to change their behavior if they're comfortable doing a certain thing. We've seen lots and lots of brands who struggle with actually getting people on subscription but they have customer repeat purchase rates of 12 13 14 times so they're clearly purchasing month over month over month over month for a year plus but they're just not comfortable with the subscri- subscription so meet them where they are there are definitely options and i think education again is a huge piece i um, you guys are gonna hate me for keep saying education by the end of this podcast but there are options for for you to say you know segment people and say hey i see you've purchased three times We'll give you a 10% discount. If you want to just subscribe there, there are options for that, but there are also options to hit people right. As soon as you hit the landing page and say, Hey, subscribe right away. People will get the value prop and they'll understand and people will subscribe. Or there's the other total other side of the coin, which people who do 12, 15, just singular purchases over and over again. So again, it, it depends. And I hate saying that, but meet customers where they are, figure out what, what they want, segment them into the appropriate, you know, channels of where they're coming in, what they're actually looking for. And then talk to them individually. Like they're all valued customers. They're all, they're all valuable. They're all giving you money. Um, it just depends on how long you can keep them around and, and increase your lifetime value.
2: We had, um, I think was the last podcast where I won 800 B to C.
0: Yes. Correct.
2: Okay. <laughs> so I, yeah, I just, I checked that out. I think last week, uh, or maybe earlier this week and, Uh, It's just the last episode, so if anybody wants to go back and listen, super interesting uh, and some hot takes in there. And I think one of them was uh, he really liked the concept of subscription only brands. Chase, to me, it kind of sounds like you don't necessarily believe that that's the best path, right? Because there are always going to be customers who may not want to subscribe, but they want to buy on their terms. Have you seen, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Have you seen subscription-only brands be successful? And is it something that I would imagine would be advantageous for Recharge to have a lot of subscription-only brands but may not be a recommended best practice? So could you talk about uh, any insights you have on that?
1: How many times am I allowed to say it depends?
0: <laughs> I'll keep a tally. <laughs>
1: um, it definitely works if that's your business model, um, but there are also opportunities to do one-time products and to do, you know, just purchase single items. So um, one of, uh, I, I think it, it, it kind of more depends on on your subscription type, what you're offering. Um, if you're doing some sort of curated box where you know you're pulling in three, four, five plus items, whatever it is, every month it doesn't really make a lot of sense for you to just to buy like one mystery item one time like that's a subscription box that's the point of what you're trying to do. So there's a lot of val- validity there that yes, you should be subscription only. That being said, um, really awesome example is um, Danny Tang founder and CEO of Boxu. Um, so they have a Japanese snack box. Um, Danny is Japanese, he curates all of the items himself. So it's a really cool way to get snacks that he grew up on when he was a kid in Japan. They put all these really cool things in boxes. I never know what any of them are because they're all in Japanese. Um, but you get all these kind of weird, cool grab bag of items. Then what they do is they have a side store where if you like a certain one of them, you can go into the store and buy, you know, I want a box of this thing, not a subscription, but I want, you know, a full box that gives me 24 of, you know, whatever that product is. So Again, it depends. It depends on your business model. I like the blend idea, um, but I'd never say no to anybody who says subscription only is the way to go because it depends on what you're trying to actually achieve.
2: Love the uh, love the box who call out their longtime customer of and using recharge and Malomo to sort of uh, build upon their subscription offering in the post purchase experience as well. So uh, it's a great call out, Chase.
0: Yeah. And I think as we talk about segmentation, very, very, um, hand in hand with that is personalization. And so you've said it, Chase, um, you know, meeting customers where they're at. And so what have you seen in how brands can actually go about doing that and like personalizing, making sure that they, and I know we talked about quizzes. Um, but are there any other things that stick out to you about, you know, how, you can use personalization. I know Rebuy also, they're a great um, tech partner of both of ours. So um, can you talk about kind of how that plays into this whole conversation about segmentation and subscription, making sure that you kind of have different paths to each of your customer profiles?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So Clavio is awesome for segmentation um any sort of form or any sort of data you're collecting can put, be pulled right into Clavio. Um, that will segment itself and then you can set up email flows for each of those individual segments so if it's a singular purchase someone comes through and says i just want this one thing one time you can determine you know should we wait for them to buy a second time before we start to hit them with a couple subscription offers do we wait you know three or four times whatever it is um again personalization because you're not going to try to upsell someone who's not buying a product that's on subscription so you have to make sure that's personal The flip side of that is a partner like rebuy. So cross sells and upsells. Um, There are tons and tons of opportunities, um, but keep using the same example. So let's go back to coffee. Coffee is a really easy one, but you know, Hey, I see you bought this bag of coffee for personalization. You might also like this bag of coffee because this is a super cool brand. That's, you know, maybe a sister brand or it's from a similar region. Maybe it's just like a special order or something like that. That's a, a, a cross sell. So it's something like, Hey, you like this thing. You might also like something across from that. The upsell is, uh, you know, hey, I, I saw you bought laundry detergent pods. We also have a laundry detergent pods um, in a stack of 58. Would you rather buy 58 of them and we'll give you more of a discount um, rather than, uh, you know, the 24 that you're buying. Or, you know, hey, you have this, you know, this coffee, we have the premium version of this coffee that was double roasted or whatever. And I'm not a coffee snob, so I don't know all the coffee terms, but you know, by this one, it's a little more expensive, but it's gonna be better. You're gonna have the tasting notes, all that kind of stuff. So. Um, personalizing where people are at, you're not just going to shove a bunch of offers out and just pull all of your customers and say, let's try to cross sell and have them buy this other coffee. And you'd likely never also do the upsell one where you say, Hey, try to buy this more expensive one. But I think in the right case with the right segmentation, with the right flows in place, that stuff works really, really well. Um, I don't want to quote a wrong number, so I'm not going to actually put a number on it, but I know there are awesome rebuy stats want to say that, actually, I'm not even going to say it, but there are awesome opportunities for you to say, you know, here are cross-sells and upsells, you present them easily. um, And there is a a certain number of uptake on there that's significant. So you should definitely check it out.
2: How do you see, um, how do you see the cross-sell and upsell components fitting into the subscription model? Um, It makes a, a lot of sense to me. And I think you know, I I think I have a high level understanding of this, but for for the listeners, um, you know, it makes a lot of sense to me for one time buyers, right? Like they come, they buy they buy the thirty six pack, and you hit them with a with a offer, what around mm-hmm. the time they're going to run out to see if they want to be right? Yep. Um, or they buy the the one coffee, and you you send them an email a week later for. Uh, offerings that they may like, other coffees that they may like based on what they purchased previously. But how does that sort of fit into the subscription model?
1: Um, Another good example is a brand called Teach Hanley. Um, So they are um, men's facial care, men's skincare. Um, And they have, it started actually as a box with everything included. I think they've since broken it out, but I can double check that. Um, But they have like a, a, like standard daily face wash, they have an AM, so you're supposed to put on the morning. They have a PM, so you're supposed to sleep in. And then there's like a scrub for the actual shower. So you can break those out. Um, not gonna actually quote exactly what they do because I don't want to you know, butcher that, but um, take that as an example. So maybe you have a customer coming onto your site looking for a face wash. That's an awesome opportunity for a cross sell with subscriptions. So maybe there's some sort of landing page that's, you know, build out your morning routine or build out your facial care routine. And it's saying, hey, we know you like this thing. We know you like the scrub or we know you like the wash because you've bought it two, three, four times because we've segmented in Klaviyo, and we know how many times you've purchased. Maybe you should try the AM because it has sunscreen and SPF and it's good for this and it's moisturizing and blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. Side note, you can also segment type of skin if you're doing some sort of like onboarding quiz um, at checkout. So you can say, is your skin oily, is your skin dry, is your skin this or that, whatever it is. So then you can suggest and you can say, we have this AM serum that's great for all the things that you just said you need to do. Um, you like that. We have this PM also. We have this travel scrub that you can bring in showers when you travel. It's a little tiny tube for here. Um, that's an awesome way to kind of build out more subscriptions. That's all cross-sells. There's not, nothing upsell. You're not trying to get any kind of better or anything. Um, so you just cross-sell the heck out of it, and you essentially build out your morning routine. Now you have this facial care routine. I was only looking for face wash, but now I have a total, I wash my face in the morning, I do a.m. in the morning for sunscreen throughout the day. Um, I do the scrub when I shower at night and I do the p.m. So I go to sleep and I wake up and repeat the whole thing.
2: Yeah, that is that is a fantastic example. As you were talking through that, I was thinking about what you said earlier uh, in terms of how you sort of modify uh, LTV and how you think about AOV plus time Or time funnel right customer lifecycle funnel. Um, I think that the example you just gave sort of hits on both, right? It's increasing, it's increasing AOV, right? Because as the box gets bigger, presumably the AOV grows as well. Um, But it's also elongating the time that the customer is utilizing the products, meaning more uh, more time in the customer lifecycle, and just overall in enhancing the the bigger metric, which is up. So i think that's a, that's a perfect example would you would you agree with that
1: yeah absolutely and then to hit on retention bringing a full circle again then you maybe hit a point where you know maybe someone stops using the pm and you can say okay so retention wise we could pull the pm out for sure and you can just keep your three you don't have to cancel the whole thing or maybe you're going out of town maybe you're skipping an order for whatever it is you have too much quantity maybe you just skip you know three of them but you still need the pm or you still need the am or the wash or whatever it is lot of opportunities here retention-wise, it's not just an all or nothing, cancel the box or you're fully subscribed.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great use case and that's a great question, Noah, that you asked um, because it is maybe a little bit more of those cases where if you're not exclusively thinking about it, you can quickly, you know, like gloss it over. But Chase, that's a great example with the cross-sells. And I think too, what falls under um, cross-sells, upsells and segmentation personalization is also in the post-purchase experience. So Chase, can you talk a little bit and not, a little bit more about um, what you see like segmentation personalization look like in the post-purchase space, kind of um, if there's specifics that you see work really well in terms of um, like segmentation and clavio too, I mean. Um, yeah, you've, you've kind of hit it all on the head, but I'm curious if there's specifically details for post purchase that you've seen work really well.
1: So this this may be a, a little bit of a stretch to try to get here, but um, I one of the the coolest things that I'm seeing now with a lot of brands post purchase is all of your all of your transactional touch points. So all of the things where it was like you know your credit card was run, it was successful, it was paid or all of the things, even the step before where it's like, Hey, I know you're on subscription every month. Your order is about to be charged in one week. If you want to make any edits, make the edits now before we ship you the next box. Those are all transactional touch points. Turning those into relational touch points, I think is a huge, huge trend we're seeing. And this is all post-purchase. So you have an opportunity to get in front of your customers. Email open rates are not fantastic right now. Nobody really wants to open all that stuff. But if there's a thing that says, you know, hey, your subscription, uh, so I subscribe to, to Magic Spoon is a, uh, like a breakfast, healthy breakfast cereal, it's awesome. Really highly recommend on a side note. But one of the things they do that's really cool is they send you the email that says, you know, hey, your order's coming up in one week, make any changes you want. By the way, education, education, education. Here's why this is super cool. Reminder, you're getting your protein here, it's more fiber, it'll keep you full throughout the day. It's not sugar. Um, so you're really educating them on, on more than just, you know, hey, make sure credit card's up to date, purchase this thing, give us money, and then we'll stop talking to you. Um, they do things, they put cross sales and upsells in there as well. So they do like, hey, we have a new flavor coming out. It's only available for existing subscribers. Do you want to try it? If you do, here's a pre-populated link. We'll already take you to the checkout. It's a one click purchase. Done and done, we're good to go. I have chocolate chip cookie coming to my house in the next week and I'm pumped about it because it's a new yeah. flavor and I haven't tried it yet. Yeah. So stuff like that, turning those transactional touch points into relationship touch points is a new trend we're seeing. It's all post-purchase. It's all maybe it's not all cross cross sell upsell, Um, but there's a lot of opportunity to get in front of your customers on an email they're going to open regardless. It's free retail. It's free landscape for you to just hop in and be able to say whatever you want. More education, more insight. Here's why the company is cool. We're going to give you this extra thing, whatever it is. Um, That's unused real estate that everyone should start to use. and 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 really know before you jump in that's the basis of melomo right like that's your your shipping page i don't know if you were going there like that's the point you guys found this real estate that's unused that everybody goes to all the time tracking pages and you now put a bunch of stuff on there you know here's here's you know here's why it's super cool here's your education here's all this kind of stuff in addition to the tracking so it's it's not a a, a, like a a landslide idea it's not a, a crazy new thing that everyone's doing it's just shifting customer perception a little bit and taking advantage of where you can
2: yeah, I think you, you totally hit on it, Chase. And um, I was gonna hop in and just mention that all of the sort of touch points, like the crucial moments post-purchase um, that are likely to have customers highly engaged, right? Uh, you just laid out a, a great list of those. Um, I would argue that you know there's four or five others that are super low-hanging fruit just related to shipment tracking, right? Like order created, order, order, uh, sorry, order placed, order created in, uh, at the warehouse or with the 3PL order, uh, pick packaged and shipped, uh, order out for delivery, order delivered. Like each one of those touch points has a hugely, hugely high open rate. And not only, um, is it a great place to update customers, obviously on where their packages and when they can expect it. But it's also a great place, going back to education again, (laughs) uh, to educate customers on what to expect when the package arrives, how to make the most out of that package. Um, Taking that one step further, we're talking about subscriptions a lot on this, this episode, obviously. It's a great place both in the transactional email that's, again, highly engaged with, but also on the tracking page that we're taking them to to talk about the benefits of the subscription program or to highlight if a customer is already in that subscription and sort of going back to the segmentation aspect, right? Um, We don't want to push them to subscribe. They're already subscribed, but we do probably want to highlight other products they may be interested in or upselling them on larger packages based on their consumption. So uh, on top of all of the great touch points that you mentioned post-purchase, I think that there's an additional uh, sort of set of those, all related just to shipment tracking uh, that can provide a highly engaged and personalized experience through uh, not just Malomo, but in tandem with our other partners, like Recharge and Rebuy that we've been talking about throughout.
1: I'll even throw one more at you that is kind of counterintuitive. The actual package showing up on your doorstep, it's the only 100% open rate touch point you're gonna get. Because it's the final product. It's the only thing, it's the only time you can't guarantee that everyone's gonna open the shipment email. You can't guarantee they're gonna open the order confirmation or the tracking or any of that. But when the box comes, they're opening that box. And again, there's opportunity for education, there's opportunity for cross-sells and upsells in there. And we don't have to go through the whole list again. But that's the that's one of the best, best ways that people are missing is that box gets there. Keep the process going, keep them back in the customer loop, put them right back in the beginning. What's the next thing you're gonna buy? What's the next cross-sell upsell we're gonna offer you?
2: Yeah, yeah, that's a great not point. A, so sorry, but I Just wanna I wanna jump in really quick. Go
0: for uh, it. Fantastic
2: point. And it made me think, Chase, like we don't have uh we don't have any technical integrations with three PLs. Uh, there's really not much we can do, like from a third party logistics provider standpoint right now in terms of like sending updates based on their pick package and shipping of products. However, we partner with them because we have a really cohesive story around exactly what you just talked about like our emails are going to be opened at a super high rate but the packages that they're putting together to your point uh and and providing personalized experience for in the package itself or on the package itself uh is the only hundred percent open rate so uh we like to stay really close with them to understand you know the whiplashes and ship bobs of the world like what are best practices around that because a lot of times it can give us creative inspiration on what we can provide our clients from an electronic messaging standpoint as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I know we're, we still got a little more to talk through, but tying the whole thing together, like that's customer experience, going back to the beginning. The whole thing is relevant. Every single piece of everything is relevant. And it's not to, to kind of threaten or to make this sound like it's a big Mount Everest that you have to climb, but every single piece of this is important. And it you know, it's just depends how much of this customer experience you want to try to control and provide. On the box is another. It's such a random, crazy thing. The the color of the box matters. You know what what it looks like when it shows up on your door matters. Is it a brown box or is it a bright orange box like Boxo? There there's a lot of different options here, and they all play a part in customer experience.
0: Yeah, that goes right back to like kind of the intangibles the things that you might not measure, but yeah. it makes an impact. And I love, Chase, that you kind of phrased it as like transactional messages are becoming relational. And so that was like right in the beginning as we started talking about this and you mentioned Magic Spoon. Um, we had Chandler from their team come on and actually talk about those limited edition messages. Um, kind of like cross-sells. So I think that's so interesting that you mentioned that as well as, as a consumer, I've had them too. And Magic screen is great. Um, but I love that um, it's kind of, we're kind of shifting the, how we talk about post purchase and that I think before um, e-commerce really had their boom, it was more of a luxury of, you know, like, oh, you have beautiful order tracking and now more people are catching on in that, oh, this is a space like uh, that there, there's real estate on these, Uh, order tracking pages on these transactional messages that isn't being capitalized across the board. So that's how you can really stand out. And so we've mentioned a couple of ways how to do that. Obviously, Malomo, Recharge, Rebuy, Clavio, we've mentioned so far, but are there any other um, technologies that you would include or recommend to brands to also have when it comes to building out their subscription process, um, making sure that they're really meeting those customers where they're at?
1: Uh, I'm glad that organically we got to bring all those up. Those are some of my favorites. The only other one that I want to shout out and highlight is Gorgeous. Um, mm-hmm. Gorgeous just passed Zendesk for, for most downloads on the Shopify store. Shout so out. that's super, super yeah. cool for them. Shout out to them. Um, but I think customer support is something that I don't have a ton of experience with, but I know is insanely important because I've gotten orders before and they've been wrong or they've been late or delayed. And that customer support is a huge piece of that. Um, so again, having a unified customer experience. Ideally, you don't want anything to go wrong, but if something does, having someone there or having some sort of process in place to be able to say, you know, you know, whatever went wrong, we're happy to fix this or we're happy to track it, whatever it is. Um, again, great touch points that are you hope are not used. You hope people aren't reaching out to talk to customer support, um, but awesome ways to again provide more education, provide more detail, drive them to different landing pages. Um, there are when you do it right, opportunities for cross laws upsells, um, and again, gorgeous. You know, shameless plug. Uh, integrates really well with ReCharge. So any changes you're making on Gorgeous dashboards will work right on the ReCharge dashboards as well. So um, everything works well. Customer experience is clean and neat. There aren't any problems there. Um, Gorgeous is the only other one I'd, I'd bring up.
0: Yeah, that's great. I think that's a that's a very important, very crucial. One. I think anyone, everyone's a consumer for something and you hit it um, right on the nail on top of the head. Like it is so crucial. Of course, you don't want to have to go to customer support for right. something, but when you do, because it's, inevitable for whatever reason, having a um, really efficient and a really seamless integrated platform that helps you and your team um, take care of that customer is, yes. you know, it's its a differentiator when it comes down to it. And so I know we're almost at time to wrap up, but I wanted to ask you, obviously recharge um, You guys are growing, expanding. And so I wanted to give you the opportunity. I know um, we've talked about a couple of exciting things that are on the horizon for ReCharge. But before we wrapped up and uh, ask you to give some resources, I wanted to ask, is there anything um, exciting that you would like to share, any more details um, that you guys have going on uh, that you'd like to share with our listeners?
1: Yeah, the big one is it's been a long time coming. So we are launching bundles, which is super exciting on our side. Again, it's you know, without getting into too much product talk, um, it's just another way to deliver an awesome customer experience. Um, So what bundles is, is the ability to um, essentially build your own box. Um, So something like a protein bar brand where they have, you know, 30 different flavors, whatever it is, the customer can come onto your site, have an option to see all of your boxes there, all of your flavors and say, you know, I want two of this, one of this, six of this and three of those. And I don't know what that math is, but you know, here's now your (laughs) box of all the things you just ordered and we'll ship you that. Custom, creative—you know, your own unique subscription box. Um, you can tweak it, you can customize it in between in the customer portal. Um, but that's an awesome update that we're releasing soon. That's been a long time coming. Um, and again, it's—it's it's not to plug Recharge and say that we're awesome, even though we are. But uh, it's—it's providing customer experience. It's another way that you can—if you have a lot of variants of a product, if you have a lot of options for things, um, build your own box, put some bundles together, um, and keep driving support for customers.
0: Yeah, I would say too. I mean, like that—that's that just shows that Recharge really you're taking, you're meeting those customers where you're at, and you're, you know, yeah. it is kind, of, you know, whatever if you want to say it's a plug, but it's it's kind of like your, um, the product stands behind what you all stand for, and so that's why um, I'm very excited for you all that that's on, you know, that's finally coming to life, and I think a lot of uh, brands who work with Recharge will be very excited for it as well.
1: Thank you. We're pumped about it. Mm-hmm
2: when when mariah asked that question chicks my my mind went to the uh sms offering that you also just launched so i know that's that's newer too and i actually um you you guys had uh, mad love on a, a podcast of yours on the hit subscribe podcast yeah. recently and i checked that episode out they're a joint client of ours uh, so i i actually pulled up their tracking page First thing that you see there when you open up their tracking page is, of course, subscribe, uh, subscribe to the subscription program. Uh, but right below that, they have a, a banner that says "take take me to the text" or "take this to text," and a link to get on the the SMS list. Like driving, uh, one, it's awesome that you're now offering SMS. I think the the joint value prop of SMS and subscriptions tied together is is super clear. If you yeah. want to say anything about that, feel free. Uh, but also, like capturing these critical moments in the post-purchase experience, like we talked about, when the customer's super excited about your product, uh, is just a, a fantastic opportunity, right? To uh, to bring more value through your, through your subscription program. And I'd also say that uh, you know Mad Love and other beauty agencies probably lend themselves super well to bundles because I, I don't wear makeup myself, but I imagine those who do are, uh, have unique tastes and, and uh, with all of the different skus that I'm sure Mad Love offers, being able to pick and choose what's best uh, for each individual I'm sure would be really valuable to their customers as well.
1: Yep. A lot of different options there. It opens the door for a lot of cool things. SMS truly is just another way to get in front of customers and just keep that communication, keep that relationship communication going. Um, you can, you can offset all of your notification emails with SMS. So there's one way to just kind of replace them that way, because SMS usually has higher open rates and higher receiving rates. Um, but to me, it's, it's just another avenue for, for better customer relationships. You know, you can send text, you can send easy things. Um, our SMS is built into recharge. So it's no additional cost to use. We front all the money for each individual text you send. Um, so again, super beneficial, awesome to see a lot of merchants uh, pulling that into their stores um, and the best ones with the best customer relationships are starting to take advantage of that.
0: Yeah, for sure. It makes a lot of sense. Thank you for sharing too, both of you. Um so excited for recharge and just, partnerships in general. Um, I mean, I always love learning from our partners. And so I know, um, Noah, we have some exciting things on the docket for our um, partner programs in the future, but uh, this has been incredible. And the last question that I will ask you, Chase, is resources that you would recommend. So that can be in the subscription space specifically, or just in general, you know, where do you find valuable information?
1: Um, recharge plug, I want to shout out our state of subscription commerce report, um, comes out at the beginning of the year. So we're kind of right in the middle right now, but awesome data in there. We essentially analyze every single business, every transaction, every single year. Um, and then we draw a lot of conclusions based on that. Um, so there's a lot of things based on average order value and verticals and lifetime value and duration of subscriber. Um, a lot of different things in there that kind of really do paint the state of subscription commerce. Um, so that's a really cool resource to check out. Um, as far as, um, just kind of like networking and talking with other people, um, I'm going to shout out Brandon Amoroso at electric, uh, I
2: know. <laughs>
1: coming up really awesome, super nice guy, uh, but tons of detail on there. I know he's putting out newsletters and content, and I don't know how he has a job other than also putting in as much content as he does. So shout out to Brandon, um, follow that guy, LinkedIn, Twitter, everywhere you can. Um, smart guy.
0: Love that. Yep. Um, I'm sure he'll be happy and throw that recommendation right. back <laughs> <your face. laughs> Um, but this has been so much fun. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Um, I know Noah and I were very much looking forward to it. So, uh, thank you for joining us. Our listeners are going provi- to are going to be provided with a ton of value. I'll make sure I link those resources as well for them. Um, but truly, yeah, we love recharge and everything that you all do for your merchants.
1: Thank you both so much. Really enjoyed being here. It's a blast. Thanks, Chase. Thank you, Mariah.
0: I hope you enjoyed that episode. As part of our fact check today, Chase was mentioning some stats about cross sales and up sales from rebuy. I really tried to find them, but what I could find was from a case study that they have on their website. So you can go check it out if you would like. And with one of their merchants, um, they saw a 21% increase in AOV. Um, 17% of their overall sales from, were from were attributed to rebuy, and one in five one in five of the product recommendations that were surfaced were from rebuy. So those are some pretty fun fun facts, and the only part of our fact check for today.